0: Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 128 expedition into nerdom? Preparing for launch? Cueing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines.
1: Now lowering the lamb into the T-Rex pit. Unencrypting files for Comics
0: TV Movies Wrestling
1: Launching ANS in three, two, one. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is Damon. And this is The Amazing Nerd Show. So Christian, did you see this story with uh, Stephen King? Talking about Friday the 13th? Yeah, he wants to write a book for it? Well, I so I guess, I don't know if it was a question posed to him, but he said his best unused idea is for a novel called I Jason and it's supposed to be like a first person narrative where he would tell the story of Jason like you know in the Friday the 13th franchise where he's just getting killed over and over again um at Camp Crystal Lake and like just like reliving that through Jason's eyes you know that kind of hellish experience Uh, You know, he goes on also to say that, you know, obviously, you know, just the legal battle, you know, to get the permission to like write a book like that would just give him a headache, Um, you know, but it definitely is something that, you know, he would have been interested in, um, you know, and he doesn't understand why someone doesn't tell like Jason's side of the story. Would you want to see a movie like that, Christian?
0: I am very curious of what that would look like. I think that's a cool concept in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wonder if like, if there's a director and writer out there other than Stephen King that could, you know, handle making him not super sympathetic, but yet you're
1: still like in for
0: the ride, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, I think that would be kind of, I don't know. I mean, Jason is kind of a sympathetic character in a weird way. And maybe I'm just a psycho. <laughs> Cause I mean, I mean, it's basically a story of a bullied kid, you know, who watches his mother get her fucking head cut off, right? <laughs> and then comes back, you know, for vengeance. Um, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that's that's kind of traumatic, right? I mean, yeah, yeah maybe no, he shouldn't kill it, everyone he walks across, but. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, maybe I'm a, a psycho. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, you're saying with good therapy, he'll he'll get over his issues, right? Yeah, it depends on like I like, mean by like showing this side of Jason, do you run like the risk of kind of decline him in a way? Like I mean, just yeah. like you know, kind of like ruining that kind of you know mystery behind like what's motivating him. I mean, there's there's a potential for that, but I feel like you can
0: easily write around that where you still give that character an edge, you know, a little bit
1: more to it. There's nothing wrong with, you know, getting to know Jason a little better. Right. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess, I guess. I mean, like maybe you give a reason why he's killing all the teenagers. Like it, like, like that's his way of like, finally, like getting to rest or something. Like he's got to kill a certain number or something, <laughs> fill a quota <laughs> to finally like, you know, die finally, you know? Cause like, and maybe every time he like gets killed off in the series, like, he's, like, hoping, like, that's the final time, and then he ends up waking up a couple years later, and he's just completely fucking tortured. It's like, you know, a slasher version of, like, Groundhog's Day. I,
0: I guess. I just don't want him to over-explain yeah. Jason, you know? I do feel like it will definitely
1: overexpose explain <laughs> a little bit, but, you know. I don't know. It could be fun for, like, a one-off type of deal.
0: Is there any other characters you would want Stephen King to write? Ooh, that's a good question.
1: Um... I wouldn't mind, like, Stephen King, like, giving us his own, like, version of a slasher icon. You know, like, doing a kind of slasher tale, like, in his own style. I think that would be interesting. Mm -hmm. You know, where, like, he sets off to, like, you know, give us, like, an iconic kind of character like that. Um, You know, something with a little more, you know, substance. No, I I definitely think he, you know, could totally
0: make an icon if he wanted to. Yes. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, if if he had to pick one from the already, like, many great icons out there, I definitely think uh, Freddy is totally tailor-made for a Stephen
1: King novel. Well, I mean, didn't he kind of do that already with Pennywise? I, I Isn't guess, Pennywise but, kind I mean, of Freddy? If you think about it. <laughs> Yes, he's, in many ways. He's kind of got the same power set, right? <laughs> Except the kids don't have to be dreaming. Exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> there's a little bit so more you I can feel do like he dreams. kind of did that already, right? <laughs> but I see what you're well, saying. Well, consider it cheating. <laughs> you know, talk about a character that I don't want to see sympathetic at all. Fucking Freddy. Oh, well, You yeah. got to leave that guy <laughs> just a bastard. So that's what's great about him. Because if you think about uh, him, like Leatherface, Jason... Maybe not so much Pinhead, Candyman. They all kind of have a sympathetic background, you know, origin story, but f- not Friday. He's just a vile fucking bastard, <laughs> you know? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Let's get a King version of a slasher film. I think that would be fun.
0: Well, before we move on, in episode 126 of our show, we participated in the podcast Blackout and listed out some of the many victims of police brutality and hate crimes. Victims like Breonna Taylor
1: and George Floyd. We wanted to take a moment in this episode to reiterate that Black Lives Matter. It is important now more than ever to make your voices heard against racism and social injustices.
0: If you're looking for more ways to help, listed in episode 126 are many different resources in our show notes.
1: We would also like to remind you to
0: make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform.
1: And while you're at it, give us a five-star review if you like the show. And remember, if you DM us a screenshot of that review, we'll go ahead and send you some nerd swag and read it on the podcast. And Christian, we actually got... Two really nice reviews this week.
0: That's right. Black sales 77 wrote, A podcast with creativity that keeps rolling through these uncertain and crazy times. These guys always make me laugh, and I get so much great nerd news from them. I've been turned on to so many movies and shows because of their reviews. And I am a big wrestling fan, so I love hearing their thoughts on the
1: wrestling world. Great show. Keep it up, guys. And then we got another review from Darth Dad 78 all the way from Great Britain, um, saying, fun show and great hosts. One of my favorite podcasts to listen to, even though I'm not much of a horror fan, the show is still great listen. From all things comics, wrestling, and all different movies, keep up the great work. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, we really do appreciate that, um, and we will definitely be sending you guys some nerd swag. I got Black Cells' uh, address information already. Um, Darth Dad, make sure you go ahead and send me your address. We'll we'll send you some nerd swag, even overseas. Let's get into the news. Every week, we collect the biggest headlines and rumors in them We're not mild-mannered reporters; we're mere podcasters with opinions. All right, starting up the rumor mill, Marvel casting deaf Native American hero for Disney Plus series. Yeah, so they're looking to cast a deaf and Native American, First Nation, Indigenous, Latinx actor for a mysterious role on a Disney Plus series. And, you know, right away, everyone's mind jumped to Echo. Yeah, she was created by David Mack in the uh, Daredevil series uh you know uh, she's a great underutilized character uh she was part of that first like new avengers roster um she actually wore the ronin suit first too before hawkeye took it over so i feel like it only makes sense to kind of have her in the hawkeye show um you know i could also see her showing up in like moon knight or something like that she had a nice arc with moon knight um, at one point so you know one of those two shows makes sense though since you know I don't feel like they're in the same level of production as you know WandaVision mm. or Winter Soldier or Loki and hey why not both yeah. you know hey why not you know i have like ties so but yeah no she's a great character like i said i would love to see her like represented on you know film
0: all right up next DC announces its biggest ever online event it will feature Wonder Woman 1984 the
1: Batman the Suicide Squad and more so DC has pulled out of Comic-Con this year and they're going to be running their own virtual event at DCFandom.com August 22nd starting at 10 p.m. No. Mark. Starting at 10 a.m. Um, and, you know, they're going to go ahead and I, like literally every one of their shows, movies, games are going to be represented here. Um, and they're pulling out all the stops. They're gonna be showing off things from like The Batman, Zack Snyder's, you know, Justice League cut, uh the Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman 1984, um, which we haven't talked about, actually got pushed back to October 2nd. So we totally jinxed that last episode. <laughs> um, and then we've we've got confirmation that Dwayne Johnson's gonna be there, um, promoting uh Black Adam. So it's going to be a pretty big deal. And then of course all the Verlanti, you know, um WB shows are also going to be represented. So I mean it's pretty huge. Um one name that did pop up on the list or jump out on the list to me was Watchmen was also listed, which we heard that they weren't going to be doing a second season. Uh maybe that's changed even though I know uh Lindoff said he wasn't interested or he didn't have you know any kind of concrete idea for the second season it seemed like he was kind of walking away from the project so um maybe they figured something out and who knows uh but yeah i thought that was interesting
0: yeah i, I definitely didn't expect that <laughs> but i mean i i would love to see a second season if that i if just that's don't possible. know where, yeah
1: like where <laughs> they would go necessarily story wise um hmm. should be interesting but yeah no i i mean th- this is exciting i mean I, I don't know. I mean, it sucks for you know Comic Con fans though. I mean, it's awesome that it's free. I just, I, I fear that it's
0: just going to be like, hey, all these, uh, all these titles that we just mentioned, uh, it's just going to be all on HBO Max
1: now. You know, that's, <laughs> I feel like that's just the plan. No, people are big all over that. <laughs> I wouldn't have put it past like Warner <laughs> Brothers, but I, I could, you know, it's probably just going to be a bunch of teaser trailers, <laughs> and everything like that, and you know, Warner Brothers really like controlling the message. If you will. Do you think this is where we get the first like the Batman trailer? That would
0: be pretty cool. Did, did they have enough? Have they They've been filming? That, they correct? were
1: filming it and then they had to, you mm-hmm. know, put a halt to like the whole production. But I think they're actually back on um, filming now.
0: No, I, I think that would be a perfect time to do it. At least a teaser. I feel like
1: they could do, like, a, an extended yeah, teaser. Yeah, no, if they got all those money shots of, like, the Batmobile and everything like that, I'm sure they could do a mm. little teaser. So, it doesn't take much to, you know, satisfy fans nowadays. So, um, just give us something. Yeah, you know? and I'm sure maybe we'll get, like, a full, you know, center cut, you know, trailer. Um, but we did end up getting a teaser this week out of nowhere.
0: Out in the dark, among the stars. Mm-hmm. No, the god is dead. All right, Christian, what did you think? Um, I did like the little voiceover. I'm, I'm assuming that was Lex. I'm pretty sure that's what he says while he's in that, like, asylum bit. Yeah, the little I, monologue. Yeah. I am afraid that it, it could just end up like Doomsday at the end of Batman versus Superman, where it's just shoehorned in at the end to have Darkseid showing up. You know, I, I don't know how much of the script was changed when it comes to Steppenwolf, in justice league you know mm-hmm. uh because i don't know how much of an involvement he planned to have dark side in and even so i feel like we're not ready for a dark side level event in the dc universe no. I, I don't know
1: i feel like it's probably more of a glorified cameo um mm. you know that stephen wolf is still like the main villain um But I'm not sure. Who knows? I I can't imagine them having that much footage shot of Darkseid, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, As a teaser, I thought it was effective, um, you know, but I've been fooled by Snyder teasers before and trailers (laughs) before. (laughs) So my hopes aren't super high. Uh, I'm not the biggest Zack Snyder fan, you know? Uh, Mm. So, I mean, I did think Darkseid looked badass, uh, and I thought, you know, the teaser was well done. But I don't know, man. Fool me once. I, 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 you know, I, I just I, I don't know. I, I I'm not going to get my hopes up too high on this.
0: Uh, I'm considering before this comes out, rewatching it uh, and also um, watching the director's cut of Batman versus Superman just to like
1: get his full vision, try to see what it was like. You know, what would be fun to do a watch along with Justice League? Hmm. You know, on the show. Uh, could, could we handle that <laughs> I don't, it could, it, it, if we're not taking it seriously which we won't so I, mean, <laughs> I think it'd be entertaining um to like relive that movie <laughs> on the podcast so I mean if, if listeners are interested in that hearing us do a watch along of Justice League please go ahead and let us know yes <laughs> um we also had another teaser trailer come out. That's right, one for Candyman. So, Naya DaCosta, she actually released this on Twitter first. Um, she wrote, The people they were, the symbols we turn them into, the monsters we are told they must have been. Um, this was a really, like, creative interesting way to do a teaser trailer and i almost wish they would have led with this first before they did like the full-blown trailer that we got Mm -hmm. um i think she was kind of inspired with you know current events and everything Um, But just beautifully done. I mean, they had um, like puppetry, I guess, was it it was done by manual cinema. And the whole thing is done through puppetry um, and with a beautiful score um, from Lichens. So I I was really just like taken aback by this. It was not what I was expecting at all. Um, But, yeah, it was really moving and just I mean. Super current and everything like that, but it kind of gets down to like the essence of like who Candyman is as a character um, and his origin story at the same time being so timely. And it's like one of the reasons why I'm so excited for this film and see what like DaCosta and like, you know, Jordan Peele, you know, has, you know, in store for us. Yeah, you know, so I, I'm ex- I'm really really happy that this is still you know slated for September 25th this year.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely hope it you know it's up on the big screen, not just VOD. Um, I definitely that's the way I want to experience it. Yeah. Um, I you did bring up a good point. I I do think this would have been interesting to see this first before seeing you know the um like pretty much scare scene trailer that we got
1: yeah you know and the, my my problem with that trailer once again was I felt like it showed us way too much mm-hmm. where this didn't show us anything this just kind of gave us a commentary of like you know what it's like to be African American in this society you know and how that like all ties into Candyman's origin mm-hmm. um, you know but it was really just well done yes very simple yet very effective alright well
0: before we talk about some movies it's time for a Christian's Corner yeah! All right. This week, I'm going to be talking all about the EA Play Live event. Uh, you know, IGN Summer of Gaming has continued on, and you know they're continuing to put out more and more press conferences. There was a couple things that came out this week um, and last week or so since the last episode. Um, not nothing too noteworthy. A lot of VR games, and they had the Pokemon events. I'm not a Pokemon player, so. It's not going to be something I care too much about, but yeah, Pokemon Snap is getting a sequel. If that's something that you needed to hear and it makes your day better, there you go. (laughs) Um, uh, One of the the big stories that came out outside of the EA Play Live event, before I get into that, uh, was that Cyberpunk, again, is getting pushed back uh, from its September release date now to November, I believe November 19th is now the date uh they did give good reasons uh, you know they want to test out the game make sure it works properly they they want to give you a good product and that's i guess at the end of the day that's what's important but i was punching my desk over and over again after i saw the news you know it's two more months of waiting <laughs> two more months now that i, I love that people online um, started to point out that they didn't say 2020 so that's that's also was a big like red flag but no it, of course it'll come out november 2020 uh 19th so it's we're, we're still waiting uh i'll definitely be playing it <laughs> as soon as i can uh, so let's get into the ea play of, uh live event e um EA, it, was, it wasn't as cringy as some of the other ign um uh summer of gaming events uh live stream so far it was kind of like a big advertisement though for just moving all their games to steam you know, hey, you, you know that platform you hate Origin? Well, fuck that! Now all your games are now playable on Steam. Uh, it's a good move in general. I feel like they should just they should just fucking drop Origin in general. I hate Origin. Uh, the app just fucking sucks. Um, Steam has worked so much better, but I do understand Steam is sucking all the money out of the industry. So it's it's you know give give and take <laughs> with that. So there wasn't too many exciting you know entries into this um, live event. Um, but the two big things that did come out of it were we finally got some gameplay for the, uh, Star Wars squadrons, um, you know, they did just announce it and we, we did get to see it. Um, my thoughts on the gameplay, you know, so far I'm hoping that they, they detail it a little bit more. There was moments where it just felt like, um, it, it looked a little bit like No Man's Sky quality of, um, ships, you know, that's, that's how like detailed it kind of went into and I, I, I thought that was a little disappointing. Like I was I was hoping for something more around um, the Battlefront grade of um, quality. But maybe that's something that they're still working on. Who knows? Um, motion and you know gameplay wise, it looks fun. It looks like it's gonna be uh, work well. Um, first, it seems like it's mostly locked in first person, uh, which I which I was totally surprised by. Um, should be interesting to see how handling a cockpit and everything um, and. You know firing through just the radar and stuff like that will work but overall you know the 5v5 combat idea and everything like that should work great for this game um you know you're gonna get that classic star wars sound design you're gonna get the classic star wars looks um the guy during the interview was talking about being able to do like full 180s and maybe fly like poe did in fucking last jedi so that should be that should be fucking crazy if that's possible Uh, I'm definitely still excited for the game one of my favorite things to do in Star Wars Battlefront games has been flying Uh, I I always I'm a huge fan of the X-Wing and the fucking TIE Fighters so that's just that's me in general I always loved flying in those games so having a game that focuses around that definitely does excite me Uh, but looks wise it's something I would expect out of maybe like a $40 experience rather than the, you know proposed 60 dollar game that you would normally get but i mean that's just me that that's my opinion um and the last big thing that they announced on ea play live was that skate is fucking returning now they did specifically um, something i noticed is that they specifically didn't say skate 4 so i'm guessing it's going to be kind of just like a soft reboot or just like um, they're kind of going back to the drawing board and they just want to call it skate they don't want to call it skate 4 and stuff like that uh they didn't show anything off it was just two of the developers that make the game um talking about how they're excited to make it again and how the internet kind of pushed its way up there um that's exciting um the skate games are phenomenal i definitely say uh if you haven't played uh if you've only played tony hawk uh pro skater check out skate it's a there might be a little bit more um you know tricks and stuff you have to learn to play it but it definitely handles very well, and it's very exciting to see, you know, a next-gen version of um, Skate in general coming out. Um, you know, whoever knows how, however long it'll take, we'll we'll find out. But you know, it's it's cool to see that they actually did take consideration to this. It gives people that are looking for like Half-Life Three some hope. You know, uh, the internet's a crazy place. You know, we got the Snyder Cut now, and now we have Skate. Who fucking guessed? Um, uh, but overall, I mean, as an event as a whole, I, I thought it was a little lackluster. Um, you know, you would expect a little bit more. I mean, you got your classic EA Sports um, look. Uh, they did give us some looks into the future of um, next-gen uh, console games and everything like that. And, of course, it does look beautiful. I mean, it's what you expect, you know. It's kind of the same reel we get each e- each year, each couple years, when they're like, this is what's going to be next. This is our next you know engine that we're working on and making things look good you know they showed off little things of like um how need for speed cars will look or how like the next dragon age might look you know it was it was very like um just quick paced uh shots of just like people or cars and like environment small little things of environment um you know it's it's nothing i don't expect to see um coming in the future uh, so that wasn't enough to just excite me, and, and just finding out the games are gonna be on Steam again wasn't enough to you know get me hyped up for gaming in general. Um, you know I I'm excited for Star Wars Squadrons. I, I'm definitely gonna play it, um, but beyond that, that's all the event really had for it. One thing that did bother me was the fucking code thing that they were trying to do. Like it seemed so stupid that the code, the secret code that you're supposed to uncover for the event was EA Play Live like they couldn't have just made a random code and made it a little bit more tricky like they kept advertising like they kept advertising it constantly in your face like make sure that you're checking for the gold letters and of course they're always right there and of course it's spelled out ea play live like anyone could have figured that out by the fourth letter guaranteed so it it was a it was a dumb little ploy but that's that's just me nitpicking an event um i'm excited for next week uh we will finally get some new gameplay for cyberpunk 2077 um uh, so definitely tune in for my uh christian's corner for next week i'm gonna be gushing all over it because i've i've loved everything they've shown so far and i'm definitely still super excited for this game even though i gotta wait two more fucking months
1: all right christian we both watched a couple movies this week huh
0: yeah we got into a little bit more horror uh, first up blood machines I've never seen so many wrecks.
1: Maybe they had souls, too. What are you talking about? Pull yourself together, Lago. My patience is wearing thin. A man my age holds certain beliefs. an artificial intelligence escapes her spaceship to turn into a female ghost and challenges two space hunters to a galactic chase. Directed by Seth Ickerman and written by Seth Ickerman and Paul LaFarge. All right, it
0: uh, So lately Facebook has actually been targeting the right ads. I mean, you know, shoes that I want, some stuff there. And then I saw a little ad for Shudder. And they had this, like, crazy, like, psychedelic-looking synthwave movie, you know, that they were, like, just pumping at me. And I was like, I'm for this. I want to check this out. And then I checked it out. (laughs) (laughs) And it was the most weird fucking experience I've ever seen. Like, you know, after looking up some research and, you know, figuring out what it was about uh, outside of watching it, um, it made a little bit more sense. Because, like, my first reaction to it was, man... uh, They could have cut this down into a 10 minute like video that's like a music video and it probably would have had the same amount of content as this 50 minute experience I just watched. Um, And, you know, finding out that this was supposed to be a sequel to a music video uh, (laughs) makes makes a whole lot more sense now.
1: Huh? (laughs) A sequel to a music video?
0: Yes, a sequel a, to a music video, and that's I watched a film. the music video as a film. Yes, this is a film, right? Yes, it's a film. Okay, <laughs> just <laughs> <Apparently>. double checking. <laughs> I might consider it more of like a short. Okay, you know? it's it's more in the vein of that. Well, it is fifty um, minutes, I
1: guess. Exactly.
0: Um, I watched that music video just recently, and I don't understand the um, the concept of it being a sequel. But you know, that's <laughs> is
1: that's it just a spiritual me. a spiritual thi- a sequel.
0: I guess just because you see a lot of similar items. Let let, let me get into it. So it's Okay. I, I won't I won't it's not there's I can't really get into the story because there's not much of a story there. But um visually this movie is fucking awesome. I mean they really went out the park with such low budget effects they somehow mixed it in a way that looked fucking phenomenal. There are times here and there where, you know, you can kind of see like or tell that like this was a guy standing in front of a green screen at certain moments but the mm-hmm. way that they blended special effects and sometimes great practical effects i was really you know super into that you know it really fit the synthwave music that they were playing throughout the entire film so that all worked very well like if you if you just put this as like a visualizer to the music it all made sense and worked very well but then Christian. we get Christian, I'm yes. an old
1: man. Can you explain to me what the hell synthwave is? Is <laughs> it just new wave? What 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 was synthwave?
0: Synthwave is um heavy synth, of course. Usually okay. a little bit darker, um very much like have you ever heard of Outrun? Uh no. No. Uh that's okay. That's that cuts one avenue out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's very it's it's like a love for the 80s, a love for dark like um cyber Punk type of future kind of look.
1: Is yeah. it like Carpet like John Carpenter's, like you know scores, mixed with like uh, harder edge, maybe?
0: Yes, exactly. Okay, there uh, you go. I think See? that's a very good way of explaining. It. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. Um, so yeah, uh, visually stunning, but then so the two problems I really have with this uh, as a film in general, it comes down to you know how they communicate with one another and pacing you know everything is super slowed down and the way that they communicate with each other like they'll have like one person will say something to another character and then there'll be a 10 minute pause no, not 10 minute but it feels like 10 minutes is what is what okay. trying knew portray and then they respond back after like staring at one another for like ever you just it's just like oh it, it, i guess this was their way of conveying the emotion behind the scene but it huh. didn't work. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's there's all these just moments where, like, the old man stares at the girl and, like, they're just staring at each other and staring and staring. And then one smiles and it's like, okay, that's – we we kind of get what they're going for. Like, oh, he's a kind-hearted man and she can see that he's a kind-hearted man. And that's that's about it. They don't ever get into these people's backstories. They don't really explain why they're there, why they're going after this crashed ship, um, why – a a random person flew out of the ship and now is flying in space. And for some reason they have to chase it down. There's no, there's no real explanation. And like, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what I expected. Cause the trailer didn't really show much. I mean,
1: would you I say hint. like, it's just like open to like, you know, free interpretation or is it yeah. just more of a video, like a music video?
0: I think at the end of the day, it's more of a music video just spread across 50 minutes but with that being said there's plenty of moments where they didn't pump the score in enough you know if this is just a you know music video experience then why am i not like being totally just brutalized by you know uh carpet brunt's music throughout this entire thing you know like i would have been fine with you know just seeing this crazy visualization version of the of the story where they could have A lot of the things that happened, they could have just been like, oh, we're in the ship. The girl escapes that ship. We're going to chase her down. And that's how that could have it could just been cut, cut, cut. Yeah, it all just makes more sense as a music video than a film. But I mean, that's I mean, I guess that's what they were going for. And people that have enjoyed the music video, you know, have written tons of things about how they love the film. It's not it's it's an experience for sure. And if you love visual effects, if you're super into, you know, um, Sith wave as well. You'll you'll definitely get something out of this, but beyond that, there's not much story there. Um, it doesn't have me clamoring for any more story. The, I don't care about any of these characters. Uh, you know, there's there's it's there's a little bit of a hollowness to it all okay. uh, because it's mostly just focused on the music and you know the crazy effects. Uh, so like that that's what you get from it. But at the same time, you know, check it out. <laughs> I want to hear your
1: thoughts. <laughs> I think I'm going to pass Christian. <laughs> I did see a little bit of the trailer. And it did look cool. So mm. I was, I was actually interested in watching this, but I just didn't get around to it uh, this week. So I am a little disappointed to hear that you didn't dig it. Um, but I still, I might watch it. Uh, it's, uh, it's currently on shutter right now.
0: Yes. It's currently on shutter. They, for some reason, put it as a three part series. Uh, But it's clearly one movie that they just put some fades in every once in a while. Everything
1: I read about it, it, they're, you know, acting like it's a movie. Yeah, Um, exactly. All right. Yeah, no, I mean, well, that's unfortunate. I'll definitely (laughs) check it out. I mean, I do like movies that are just like, you know, you know, visually stimulating. You know,
0: anyone who's like listened to this show long enough has heard my reviews for some of the most visually stimulating movies that have shitty stories. And I've given them way higher grades than most normal people would because that's that's what i'm into Mm -hmm. um but this just you know dropped the ball all towards story so there's nothing really there was it going
1: for like a really strong like retro like nostalgic vibe too like i mean that's what i got from what the clips i saw
0: um yeah here and there you know I, i think they they had a vision for what they were going for um you know everything definitely is based in that kind of you know 80s synth type of look okay um for everything but I think what what they were trying to accomplish doesn't like doesn't stick to any singular theme or look at any time. You know, like I didn't get why the ship looked very like uh, Chinese dragon when it has like two Hicks inside of it. You know, it, it didn't like little things just because it looks cool. Way. Christian, <laughs> isn't that enough?
1: I guess so. I guess so. All right, man. Well, so. If you had to give it a grade, what would you give it, Christian?
0: I think my final grade on this is going to be a C minus. You know, I, I do dig the music. I do dig the visuals. Just there wasn't enough for me to get. There was not enough reason for this to be a 50 minute experience.
1: All right. Well, maybe instead of, you know, watching this movie, I'll just go check out some synth All
0: right. I definitely suggest Carpenter, Brut. He's actually pretty good. So,
1: All right. Or maybe I'll just go listen to John Carpenter. <laughs> he actually tours. Did you know that? No, I did not know. Yeah, that he John, tours. he tours with like a full band and everything, just performing his scores.
0: That's worth checking out. Yeah, right.
1: I and mean, I guess he plays the films in the background too. So I mean, I think that sounds like an awesome experience. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Well, let's let's go ahead and move on. Yeah, man.
0: There was a movie that you saw.
1: That's right. I saw Becky. <laughs> What was the
0: point of all of this? For a key? It's worth much more than that. <gasps> Becky! You're clearly a special girl! I don't want to have to hurt you.
1: But I do want to hurt you real bad.
0: A teenager's weekend at a lake house with her father takes the turn for the worse when a group of convicts wrecks havoc on their lives. So this was directed by Jonathan Milot and Carrie Murnian. Uh, and it was also written by Nick Morris and Ruckus Sky. Stars Lulu Wilson, Kevin James, and Joel McHale.
1: So, like, one of my favorite horror subgenres are home invasion films. From Last House to the Left to The Strangers, I find the concept of someone randomly violating the sanctity of your home and family absolutely terrifying. Um, one of the main reasons is it's a real life horror. Like, You know, it could happen and it does happen all the time. So, for me, when it's when a film like this is well done, it's super effective. Um, when I saw the trailer for Becky, I was intrigued. I mean, mostly because you know, by the fact that like the King of Queens Kevin James was playing the scum of the earth Nazi. Um, but also, like I said, I like these kind of films. Becky is played by Lulu Wilson. Um, she's a troubled, angsty teen who just lost her mother to cancer. Um, her father's played by Joel McGill. Um, he's struggling to connect with his daughter, especially since he's now in this like serious relationship and is trying to move on and rebuild the family. Becky's having no part of this, though. Um, he decides to take Becky to their family vacation home but doesn't tell her that his girlfriend and her young son is also joining them. Becky's not happy, to say the least. Um, but then we all of a sudden have everything come to a halt and our little family drama is interrupted by Paul Blart and his merry band of Nazis searching for a mysterious key. Um, and this key, we never really find out what the fuck this key's about. And it's fine. It's alright. It's, it's kind of got that little, like, Pulp Fiction thing with the whole briefcase like going for it but whatever um to uh start off lulu wilson is a young talented actress Um, we've talked about before on the show actually um she was in the sequel to ouija and annabelle creation in both of those movies she steals the show and here it's really no different her performance in the beginning feels authentic You can feel her grief, and more importantly, she feels like a teenager trying to deal with the heaviness of, you know, her life right now. And then in the second half of the film, when the shit hits the fan, she's out for fucking blood, and it is fantastic watching her, like, get to lose herself in this role with, like, this real zest. Um, (laughs) Kevin James, on the other hand, unfortunately— he feels just i don't know out of place in this role and performance uh i don't necessarily think it's all his fault i think the script doesn't really give him much to like sink his teeth in it kind of feels like they were just like they felt like just by saying he was a neo nazi that was enough for his character to feel menacing and like that's all good and fine but as the lead villain I feel like he needed some more dimensions, And so that goes for the rest of the crew he's with. Um, One character in particular uh, played by former WWF superstar Kurgan um, and actually a really good performance. Uh, They all feel kind of, I don't know, just random run-of-the-mill, you know, thugs. There's not much to them. Um, Kurkin's character has some dimensions, but he's almost sympathetic, um, which kind of takes the scare out of the character, unfortunately. So, I mean, like, while it's cathartic to see this little girl, like, take down these white supremacist bastards, I never really felt like they were a serious threat even like one of the establishing scenes they use when they confront this other family feels strangely muted for some reason, which is an odd choice when considering like the rest of the film's like violence level. Um, they're all kind of like paint by number. And I think like they reveal maybe a little too quickly that Becky is the film's real threat. Now quickly on a sidebar, uh, like this film is actually really well made and there's some really interesting shot selections by the directors um there's great cinematography and overall i enjoyed the score i do feel like it was a little disjointed at times but that can also be said of just the tone of the movie overall it feels like they struggled with how serious they wanted this film to be at the beginning it feels like an art house like teen drama um, and then it becomes like a Friday the Thirteenth movie, with a like s- even like a subtle nod in the music. Uh, while it's entertaining watching this child go on a warpath, and Becky, like many of its predecessors, um, becomes a revenge fantasy, if not borderline slasher flick it just feels flat because she disposes of the bad guys without much of a struggle. Um, and it becomes almost a little campy, a little too home alone. And that really goes back to like not taking the villain seriously and just the tone. So what it boils down to is Becky's an entertaining film, especially if you're a gore hound, cause there's lots of great practical effects here. But like in the long run, I felt like they left a lot on the table and it was missing some like much needed substance to really make the film work, which is, you know, disappointing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely disappointed that I didn't check this out for myself. I, I definitely enjoyed Lulu in her previous films. Uh, when When you bring up campiness, though, it's like did that
1: take away from it too much what was it was it too campy like what what was the campiness for yeah it? i mean the campiness is really you know more comes into play when she's like on her like you know you know vengeance like killing spree um spoilers so like there's a couple scenes where i don't know they go very uh, a slasher film like i said before where you know like to like the point of like i don't know if they're leaning into the camp of you know those types of movies that I love uh, but it just it felt like you know there was a, there was a scene in particular where you know spoilers where uh one of the nazis ends up falling into the lake um after lulu sets up this booby trap for him and then it like takes her like 3 minutes to kill him while she like you know, goes into this boat, you know, gets, you know, the engine and backs it up into him. Like he's just like flaying about, you know, apparently he can't swim, but they don't explain it. So it just felt comical, I guess. Um, so it just was kind of jarring, like that, that kind of tone shift for me. You know, I, I enjoy that movie, you know, that, that part of the movie, mm-hmm. but it almost felt like a different movie, if that makes any sense.
0: It's like all I'm picturing is the moments in, like, Home Alone where the paint can actually hits them and breaks their skull open
1: instead, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, in this movie you actually get to see the real life exactly. carnage of what, you know, <laughs> of what she's doing. Um, but, I don't know, some of it's kind of like, I don't know, it feels tongue-in-cheek, which I wouldn't have expected from, like, the first half of this film.
0: Hmm. I feel like it's something I would dig. I definitely want to check out. But what what would you give this uh, a grade if you could?
1: So, yeah, I, I'm going to give it a solid C. I do love these home invasion type films. I love a great slasher flick, especially with good, like, practical effects. Um, So all the right ingredients were there. But, you know, at the end, I don't know, man, I, I it it wasn't enough um i didn't feel like there was enough enough substance um like i said so and i I, you know i and, and kevin james it just kind of felt like stunt casting at the end just because they didn't give him enough to do um he wasn't convincing you know as the main villain i mean if you had this kind of like over the top you know vile character that feels like a legitimate threat. And I think one of the, you know, one, like I said before, like th- none of these characters felt like a threat, like, n- you know, Becky was the biggest threat in this film. I would have gotten off more on like watching them get killed. Um, and it was, like I said, it's, it's cathartic to see a bunch of like white supremacists to get mowed down by this little girl, but I don't know. It feels like they left a lot on the table
0: before we move on this is a word from our sponsor manscaped
1: flowers are blooming the grass is growing and it's time to mow your lawn thanks to our sponsor manscaped you can now trim your hedges below the belt safely and efficiently
0: we're talking about ball trimmers man manscaped is here to make sure your balls are smooth and smelling nice after all it's time for some spring
1: clean christian ball hygiene is important No one wants to feel like their testicles but train on Dagobah all day long. That's why I was super excited when my wife got me Manscaped's Perfect Package 3.0. Last anniversary, my little Yodas have never been happier. Manscaped is the only
0: men's brand dedicated to below the waist grooming. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0. I'm talking precision engineered
1: tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawn Mower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer and tons of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third-generation trimmer features cutting-edge ceramic blades to reduce manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to go nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaped obsesses over technology to
0: provide you the best tools, for your grooming experience. And they only use the best ingredients in their formulation. It's science. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial so your ball stops sticking to your leg. And as a treat, you'll find the Crop Reviver, which will keep your ball
1: smelling fresh, just like spring flowers. Subscribe to The Perfect Package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays hygienic and clean. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance Reduced Chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs.
0: This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you go to manscaped.com slash show. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job.
1: That's right, Christian. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash nerdshow. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com slash show. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. And remind them the nerd sent you. Well, time to get into our artist spotlights. Christian, when I think summer, I think summer blockbusters. And when I think summer blockbusters, I think Steven Spielberg. This month, we're getting in the summertime mood by talking all our favorite Spielberg summer blockbusters. Tune in every week as we discuss our favorite classics throughout the years. And to help us celebrate all things Spielberg, we've got an amazing giveaway.
0: That's right, Spielberg fans. Rejoice! It's the anniversary of Jaws, and available now is Jaws 45th Anniversary Limited Edition. And our lucky
1: listeners have a chance to enter our giveaway. Legendary filmmaker Steven Spielberg's cinematic masterpiece comes to 4K Ultra HD for the very first time. Includes over three hours of bonus content from his first-ever summer blockbuster film. The winner of three Academy Awards, including Best Original Score. This classic is
0: getting a limited edition combo pack with lenticular packaging, includes a 4K Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and digital code of the film. You will also receive
1: a 44-page booklet with introductions, rare photos, storyboards, and more from the archive. The bonus content includes the making of Jaws, deleted scenes, outtakes from the set, and much, much more. Enter our giveaway today for a chance to win one of four copies of Jaws 45th Anniversary Limited Edition. To enter, make
0: sure you are subscribed to The Amazing Nerd Show on your favorite podcast platform, like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. DM us a pic of your subscription on our social media, that's at Amazing Nerd Show, on either Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And then make sure to like, share, or retweet our giveaway posts. And just like that, you're entered for a chance to win your very own copy of Jaws 45th Anniversary Limited
1: Edition. That's right, Christian. Hit subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, DM us at Amazing Nerd Show on either Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and like, share, or retweet our giveaway post. And just like that, you're entered to win this masterpiece. Take a bite out of the summer with the Amazing Nerd Show all June with Spielberg Month and our Jaws giveaway. All right, it's time to announce the first two winners of our Jaws 45th Anniversary Limited Edition Giveaway. Christian, drumroll please. And the first two winners are... At Twitter handle... <laughs> Slothy Kruger and Victims and Villains. Congratulations! Uh, go ahead and DM us your uh, address information and we will send those movies right to you. Um, if you did not win this week, no worries. We will be going ahead and we'll be giving away two more copies next week. And exactly. so on, actually. So uh, I think we have five copies all together. Uh, But yeah, so yeah, and you know, if you haven't entered yet, you know, make sure you go ahead and DM us that picture of you subscribing. Make sure you retweet the giveaway post and follow us on Twitter, Instagram or Facebook. Exactly. What are you waiting for? This is your chance. That's right. Tune in next week for our next two winners. All right, David. Well, our
0: number three pick for our favorite Spielberg summer blockbuster is none other than Jurassic Park.
1: Put your, put your head between the knees. <laughs> Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sutler, welcome to Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is bona fide movie magic. This is Spielberg the magician giving us. The breathtaking spectacle in the form of dinosaurs come to life. I remember those like first initial trailers. They only give you a hint of what you were in store for. They saved like the true awe of this film for the audiences in the theaters. So you got it like opening night, um, which is genius and nowadays rare. What the audience got, by the way, was the perfect marriage between Spielberg's ingenuity, Stan Winston's beautiful practical work, and ILM's like groundbreaking visual effects. This is like the first time I could remember ever hearing the term CGI. This is one of those like rare moments in history where you can like pinpoint the game truly changing. And you know, like one of the most amazing aspects of this film is it still holds up because like Spielberg he understood less is more um they used practical effects when they needed to and then they enhanced it with CGI so they didn't overtax it like I read somewhere like in total there are about 14 minutes of actual visual effects on screen and only four minutes are actually like completely cgi But that's, like, was just enough to, like, usher in this new age into, like, Hollywood. You know, good or bad, CGI was here to stay. Uh, With that being said, this movie is not just eye candy. It's got, like, Spielberg's storytelling and his nuances, uh, his magic dust, if you will, like, sprinkled all over it. I mean, yes, it's definitely not a character piece, But Spielberg takes us on a wild ride and there's just some fantastic action sequences and just a really strong ensemble cast. Like every actor brought their A-game, but like none like more so than Jeff fucking Goldblum. He's playing this like rock star mathematician, I guess, Um, Who almost steals the show in a film like filled with these groundbreaking effects, like first of their kind and giant fucking dinosaurs running around, and it's like Goldblum that like the audience is like totally like drawn to and hanging on his every word. And like speaking of like almost stealing the show too, like the Velociraptors, how terrifying are the raptors in this movie? We're treated to almost like a mini horror film. Like halfway through this film, you know, Spielberg just building this like super unforgettable, intense scene. Um, That's actually like one of the first things I think about whenever someone brings this film up. Um, But, you know, to boil it all down and sum it all up, this film actually might be higher on my list of Spielberg blockbusters if it had more of that like nostalgic thing going for it. You know, for me, like I saw this film when I was in high school so i know like our last two picks like i was much younger when i watched them so it definitely they have the benefit of that like nostalgic fuel you know behind it so but you yeah, know i love this film
0: yeah i have to agree um i mean for me there's definitely a ton of nostalgia with this uh you know i i grew up I was literally born the year after this movie came out. So this was kind of like my first like experience to even get to see dinosaurs. Like I remember my first time, you know, going to uh, see Sue because I live in Illinois and everything like that. So th- I consider that the same, you know, feeling as the first time I got to see uh, Jurassic park, which, you know, it's getting to see these dinosaurs full color and live and motion and everything like that. You know, this really was a masterpiece of effects for its time. Um, and I really like, I, I'll probably always remember this growing up and loving it as a kid. You know, it did terrify the hell out of me because they you know, the raptors are fucking scary as shit.
1: Yeah, like yes, a five year are.
0: old. <laughs> and I thought that was a really good blend of you know childhood wonder meets horror as well. You know, I just thought this was a really well done story. Um, and you know, it's disappointing that the sequels don't live up to the same charm as the first one. No, they don't. But. Um, <laughs> And they're still popping them out for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, right. But nothing can really touch this film. You know, this is something I could watch at any given weekend and still enjoy. This was a masterful summer blockbuster. All right, Damon. Next up, we're talking wrestling.
1: Made famous by Kurt Angle earlier on, and now Triple H's pedigree. Whoa! Nice switch. Up we go all right christian so this past weekend we got to witness perhaps the greatest match of all time take place during wwe's backlash let's get into it that's right Damian, up first we had apollo cruz versus andrade with angel garza and Zelina vega for the united states championship uh i like that they're pushing apollo cruz finally um, I thought this was a solid match. Didn't get enough time. I'm terrified for Apollo and Andrade now that Heyman's not in charge of Raw. Exactly. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I don't want to be all doom and gloom here. <laughs> this was a <laughs> solid match, and Apollo Absolutely. made out made it out of Raw with the title still. So, you know it, his his push hasn't ended yet.
0: Uh, well, I didn't get a chance to watch the pre show. I just started the pay per view right off. So.
1: It is what it is, Christian. (laughs) Been there, done that.
0: Alright, well, starting off the show, we had Bailey and Sasha Banks going up against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and the Iconics for the Women's Tag Team Championship. This is still one of my favorite belt designs, by the way, of the current um, belts.
1: It is a good-looking title. Um, Mm. Unfortunately, I, I didn't really enjoy this match. I don't know how you felt about it. I felt it was a little clunky. Um I, I wish it wasn't a three-way, you know? I think I would have much rather just seen, like, the Iconics go against, like, Bakes and Bayley. Um, I'm kind of over Nikki and, you know, Alexa being a thing. I was actually kind of, like, halfway through this match hoping that Alexa would turn on Nikki. And I do feel like that might be coming sooner than later. But, I don't know. Overall, I just kind of felt like it was a mess. It, it, there, there was some parts where it just didn't feel like they were jiving and it just felt like they had some chemistry issues. Mm-hmm. Um, which is weird because both all these teams have been together for a while, but it's always hard to pull off these kind of matches.
0: I mean, I did appreciate that it was, you know, an actual triple threat and not just two people in the ring.
1: Yes. But <laughs> I was excited about that though, but you're mm-hmm. right. where like, you could have like one opponent, like tag in another, like, I hate that, you know, it's- um, I hate that rule where you so tag much. in the other team, which is just weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So I did enjoy that aspect, but yeah, no, overall, I just didn't feel like it worked really well.
0: I think there was plenty of spots that I enjoyed, and I, you know, there's there's definitely some issues with a lot of these teams at this point. But you know, I I, I liked you know what Alexa was um, doing in the match. I liked how she was kind of kind of came off as like she could possibly win. You know, there was this like I thought that ending was pretty well done. But beyond that, you know, there were spots, but everything, the transitions to each spot just felt very rocky. Yes, I agree. All right. uh, Up next, we had Sheamus versus Jeff Hardy.
1: I thought this was a good match. I hate the fucking angle going on right now between these two guys. I don't even understand Sheamus's motivation anymore. It doesn't Mm -hmm. make any sense to me. Like he frames Jeff for dui and then he like on smackdown has him come out and they do a drug test even though sheamus should know that jeff is clean since he had to frame him for the i don't just logically i didn't know what he was trying to do here
0: (laughs) that was all just to set up the piss spot yes
1: did you heard that uh i guess some of the country didn't get to see it like fox actually pulled it
0: Oh, I did not know. Yeah,
1: that. yeah. I mean, here in Chicago, we got to see the full thing in all of its glory. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely felt like a Pritchard like special. So, um, so be expecting more piss spots, you know, on <laughs> Raw. But, um, yeah, no. Overall, like, and I didn't understand the finish either. Like, what's the story you're going with Jeff now? Because he he lost this match cleanly, um. So I don't know like if this is kind of like, you know, Jeff, like being built back up, like they're trying to do like a redemption angle. Um, I just I don't know. I didn't appreciate them using his like real life, you know, mm-hmm. you know, situation to get this whole angle like over. And it, it oh, yeah. just feels I, like they're, they don't know where they're going now. Mm-hmm.
0: I absolutely agree. I, I, I felt terrible for Jeff having to deal with this storyline at all you know you've seen matt like constantly writing on twitter like i'm so glad i left yeah you know while this is going on um,
1: and it's i don't know i thought it was a terrible decision you know and they, they say, they're saying that like jeff approved this and everything like that but who knows if jeff's the kind of guy who would stand up and say no i don't want to do this you know exactly. maybe he's just really passive and just like okay i'll just go with the you know with whatever you want me to do um you know and some people are like that and he definitely seems like an easygoing type of guy <laughs> mm. so um and we've seen him in angles like this before i mean he did something very similar with punk um I, you know when he was on his way out of the company um i just i don't know i guess you know there's still more chapters to the story i just have no clue where they're going right now but as a match i thought it was solid i did enjoy it um it was a little long but You know, it's just the conclusion that kind of I mean, for me, me, for me, I I, I thought it made sense where they were going
0: with this story. Like, I I get why Seamus went over and everything like that. I just I don't think that they care about Hardy at this. But why did he go over?
1: like where it's just it's just to get him more over as a villain that's yeah, all yeah but then like did he need to do all these things like none of the stuff that he did even came into play so it's just like <laughs> what was the point of all the build-up you know all the gaga beforehand i i didn't understand like where they're going what was it just it felt like such a fucking ill-conceived plan <laughs> you know especially after he just beats him clean yeah, I mean, no
0: one said his character was supposed to be smart. No,
1: I guess you're right. <laughs> Someone did point it out. You know, they said that it was, they saw, there was witnesses who saw like a, a red headed, like red bearded um, person like leave the scene of the crime or something like that. And people were like, well, what if it was actually Sami Zayn mm. and not Shabbos? I was like, well, that'd be interesting. Maybe that would actually make more sense. Because if Seamus isn't scared of Hardy and everything, like, I don't know, like, I, for me, I I kind of wanted them to build up Seamus as more of a badass, not this kind of heel who needs to go through, like, go to these lengths to... No, that's you know, what you're getting. ...defeat <laughs> <to> Jeff. <laughs> so,
0: I don't know. Uh, up next, we had Asuka versus Nia Jax for the Raw Women's Championship.
1: It was okay. I mean, just... <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of Nia Jax. Um, hmm. I thought match wise it was fine for what it was. I didn't like the finish um, because I knew that this feud was going to continue, um, and it did on Raw. But then you had another convoluted finish where the ref, you know, got you know was about to DQ Nia and then uh, turned around and did a fast count once Oscar uh, rolled her up. Like I don't I don't know where they're going. You know, like, it seems like they don't want to, like, just beat Nia, but they want to keep the belt on Asuka right now. So, I I don't Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really get this match while it was happening, though. Like, Asuka looked like she
0: was handily beating the crap out of Nia throughout the entire match. Mm-hmm. Like, there was never a moment where I felt like Nia was the big opposing threat to
1: Asuka. Maybe that's why um, I enjoyed it a little because <laughs> I didn't I feel know. like they made out Asuka of look strong you're right mm-hmm. but you would think you know just booking wise you would make Naya like this immovable like force that Asuka has to overcome and that's not really what they did at all here so you're right storytelling wise I guess it didn't really make much sense just the way they booked the physicality in the ring
0: mm-hmm. uh, I hate the double count out
1: it's, it's stupid Yeah, at least it wasn't a a roll up though, because I feel like they're like just like on this roll up kick lately. The last two years, really. So, um, but yeah, I'd rather much see a a clean like win, you Mm. know. Either way, honestly. All right. Well, uh, up next is a match
0: I barely paid attention to. Was a Braun Strowman versus the Miz and John Morrison. Yeah,
1: this (laughs) match sucked, (laughs) and like I feel like it hurts the Universal Title even having it up. in this kind of match. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just. A- but
0: there was no way they were going to win.
1: No. And it's just <laughs> such a waste. Like, this felt like a match that could have been just on SmackDown or something. Exactly. You know, not even in the main event. Um, you know, it doesn't do anyone any favors. It made Miz and Morrison look like shit. I do love their fucking music video, though. And I was pissed <laughs> off at Strowman for interrupting the thing. I was like, I want to see this whole fucking video. So hopefully at SmackDown, we get the whole video. Cause I was like, this is awesome. You know, I enjoy Miz and Morrison together. um, But I don't need them in the main event, like title picture here. So that doesn't make any sense. I'd much rather have it be like, you know, you know, Miz and Morrison's corner. Uh, Miz's ring work is just the shits though. Like it's like just gone down. I don't know if it's just now his gimmick or something, but he just looks awful out there.
0: No, he's trying to get back to original Miz. I don't get it. Like, he's (laughs) regressing.
1: Because there was a time where it seemed like he really picked up his game and everything, and maybe Mm. it just had to do with, like, who he was in the ring with. But, man, it's just miserable. Like, if he's gonna wrestle like this, this kind of weird, like, cream puff style, like, (laughs) I'd much (laughs) rather him, like... Just become a manager or something like that. You know, put mm-hmm. him in fucking Morrison's corner. So, um, you know, I'd like to see Morrison get a, a singles run.
0: I mean, I still would like to see Morrison not be in WWE. <laughs> I thought he was way better off
1: outside. Oh, I agree. But, I agree. I'm sure they paid him a King's ransom though. Mm-hmm. Cause he had options. He had plenty of options.
0: Uh up next we had Drew McIntyre
1: versus Bobby Lashley with MVP from the WWE championship. I really enjoyed this match. Um, I'm not really into like, you know, the super heavyweight style, you know, of wrestling, but I felt like that's mm. not what we got out of this. You know, it was just two big guys, you know, out there, you know, throwing punches. I mean, you actually got some wrestling out of this, you know, we got to see some Matt wrestling and everything like that. I thought they clicked really well in the ring. Um, you know, and they made it entertaining and told a good story. Uh, you know, it was hard hitting, you know, and it's, it, it, I love the fact that Drew is taking, you know, this run seriously. And, you know, um, I think he's bringing Bobby Lashley up or we're finally getting to see Bobby at his full potential, you know, in this storyline. I love MVP in his corner. Um, you know, I, I, Wasn't a huge fan of the finish. I understand it, though. Um, And I'm hoping that that just means that we get this, like, you know, program to continue and everything like that. Mm -hmm. I I don't expect, obviously, Drew to lose the title to Bobby. um, But I think it's elevating Bobby to that main event level. Um, And hopefully not just in the audience's eyes, but like in McMahon's Mm -hmm. eyes where I could see him eventually getting a run with the title. Because I I feel like it would work, and, you know, why not? You know, I I, I wouldn't mind to see him go to SmackDown, you know, and get a run with the Universal title, since he's not going to get the belt off Drew anytime soon, it seems like. They definitely need
0: more people in the championship picture over on SmackDown, for sure. Yeah. Because all I'm thinking is The Fiend's going to take it off Braun any day now. Yeah,
1: that's definitely Uh, happening. And it feels like they're just treading water. Until that happens, Mm -hmm. I I think Bray comes back this week. So,
0: yeah, I, 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 for the most part, I thought it was a good match. It's just, you know, um, keeping the Lana angle going just kind (laughs) of soured it for me. I don't know why she needs to still be involved. Yeah. Why they they care about this so much.
1: I guess, I guess, you know, watching it every week, um, for the most part, I kind of expected it. So it, I wasn't too surprised by it. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean I think if it's just a way to kind of stretch out the you know the the feud I'm okay with it. Um, so <laughs> I'm also terrified that Rusev didn't actually get fired and the end game here is like Rusev coming to her aid or something. <laughs> Cause I really want to see that guy go somewhere else. Exactly. But I'm like, <laughs> where are they going with this Lana thing? Like you can't you know, she's not gonna end up with Drew. And she's the obvious. It feels like she's the obvious villain here. So I don't know. I don't understand where they're headed with this. You know why? You know, did, why not just let her go with Rusev? The
0: the only like saving grace from that was be. I would hope Rusev
1: would get the title by the end of that story arc. <laughs> oh, if that happened, uh huh. You would you would hope, but I doubt it. <laughs> He'd get another like you know month angle, and then, you know, mm-hmm. he would disappear again, probably. <laughs> Whatever happened to Liv Morgan, by the way? She's still there. <laughs> yeah, she's still
0: there. She's still around, but, yeah. like, she was, like, kept saying, oh, I'm getting this great push. No. We're gonna
1: go places. She's gone. No, no. <laughs> she, she, she knows. She, she had to know. <laughs> that was probably Heyman, though. You have to remember, Heyman's gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he could al- and he could only really do so much with Vince McMahon, you know, really pulling mm-hmm. the strings, so... I wasn't necessarily surprised by that. Uh, Up next
0: was the Street Profits and Viking Raiders uh, segment. Uh, All right, Christian, you talk about this first. (laughs) Um, You know, I've, I've not been behind this at all. Like, I've watched clips of what's been going on in the show and everything, but I just didn't get it. It wasn't entertaining for me. Um, and then we got to this match where they keep having flashbacks and weird, like, <sighs> weird just inc- incidents with each other before we get before we even get to this whole fucking ninja thing. Whatever <laughs> the fuck that's about. Uh, we we get all these crazy flashbacks. I just it just did nothing. Not, none of this is funny to me. None of this like works. They, they don't. I I thought like them working together was probably a good idea at some point, but there's why can't we just get a fucking match
1: and move so, on? So okay, yeah, this didn't work for me on any level, and I actually enjoyed like some of the vignettes that they did on Raw. I think just on a n- nostalgic level because I enjoyed like I don't know, it felt very like eighties and nineties to me, like WWE, WWF, mm-hmm. um, if you will, um, just like how they used to like get their talents over with like these kind of vignettes and everything. Um, there was just a, a kind of a charm with it, but like this, this was not that, you know, like after all that, like buildup for like, God, it felt like two months. Um, the payoff has to be like in the ring and this just missed the mark. This, this was awful, <laughs> just awful. <laughs> um, so it was just everything that McMahon thinks it's funny, um, like, just puked all over this pay per view. Like, it, you know, it felt like just an extended, like, version of, like, a, you know, Thanksgiving SmackDown. Um, it, I, it had no business being on this pay per view. I mean, it was a good setup for, you know, Randy and Edge, <laughs> you know, a good letdown, if you will. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what they were thinking here. And then, I mean, Tozawa like what the fuck is that I don't I don't know man. It is 2020 it- and like with everything Going <laughs> on right now you would Think that WWE would like Pump the brakes on the Fucking like you know just the, the Stereotypical fucking you know Wrestling Racism bullshit that they always Like end up pulling but no they Double down like mm. they were like Oh yeah oh he's Japanese so he has To be a ninja and he's got to Have a whole crew of ninjas And one of them has to be a a giant, I guess? Like, what? I I don't understand what the fuck was going on. (laughs) And I don't feel like Tozawa was really part of any of those original vignettes. So it's just completely out of nowhere. I I don't know. He's not even part of a tag team. Like, if it was, like, another tag team, it would have made sense. (laughs) But, yeah, no. I was just like, come on, WWE, man. Stop doing
0: this. If they were setting up some type of like four V four thing with Akira Tozawa as the other team's leader, I guess that would make sense, but it doesn't it doesn't seem like they're going that way at all. Do they
1: have to be ninjas? I mean, are you serious? (laughs) What year is it?
0: At the end of the day. At the end of the day, what what I can't get behind is like I've seen both of these teams work. You know, I've seen how they can be while they're in NXT and how how great the Raiders were back then and everything. You know, it's, it's, or it's, it's or new Japan or new Japan. Exactly. N- seeing them in this kind of crap, just yes, really disheartening.
1: Yes. Yes. I wanted them to be the road warriors. I wanted them to come in as monsters, just fucking, you know, destroying the whole division mm-hmm. and dominating. And that seemed to be the direction they were going in. And then they got bored. You know, and then, you know, Vince had to like get involved and and I'm assuming this was Vince. I mean, maybe this was because this was actually shot with Heyman. So maybe this was Heyman's baby, but I doubt it. You know, I I really Mm. do. I mean, it it doesn't feel like he would have, you know, booked this not to end in the ring. So and it seems like they're eventually going to get to a match, but I don't know, man. I don't know. I just don't
0: think I care anymore. No, sure.
1: exactly, <laughs> unfortunately.
0: All right, well, last but not least, we had what is being called the greatest wrestling match ever, Randy Orton versus Edge.
1: First of all, no one's calling it that, except for <laughs> WWE. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I did think it was a great match. I did enjoy it. Um, you know, I I didn't need the crowd noise. Um, no yeah (laughs) but but, you know i think in spite of that it still was a very very well put together match so obviously you know they had the benefit of being able to edit you know and reshoot shit and that's actually how edge ended up getting hurt i guess was on a couple like reshoots um which is unfortunate um it looks like he's going to be out for eight months uh I was actually annoyed with WWE, you know, to get off the match for a second, that they didn't just play up the punt um, on Raw the next night and that mm. they actually announced like the real injury, which is the, you know, the tricep tear. Oh, um, yeah. I was like, well, you had him do the fucking, you know, the punt in the middle of the ring to end the match. Why aren't you just going with the, you know, the concussion angle? And maybe they just want to stay away from that, but then don't have him do the punt. So it just, you know, it's like, we'll just keep the storyline going and everything like that. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, no. But I overall, I thought it was a well-worked match and everything. And they, they definitely, like, booked it to both of those guys' strength. Hmm. So I liked the little Howard Finkel moment in the beginning. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, I wish they would have had him at least on, like, on the Titantron you know like just do like do play some like old footage of him i thought that would have mm-hmm. been really effective um but you know whatever it was still a nice moment um some of the cam camera shots were a little in the way but i don't know overall i enjoyed it i mean i didn't appreci- appreciate
0: the um under under cam that they were doing sometimes like i thought that took me way out of the
1: match yeah <laughs> yeah cuz you know the exactly. cameraman is in the ring then
0: yes yes yes. i was like this feels like i'm watching a video game not a like actual match
1: what was the term that they used before the match started Uh, enhanced uh yeah they used enhanced cinematically um, enhanced i don't know an audio enhanced something weird some like weird wwe like e (laughs) like terminology
0: some of those audio mixes weren't right or, like, it would sound weird when they're trying to mix with the crowd that that's actually theirs. Yeah, you know, there's uh, a way to
1: do that. Like, WWE, I mean, I mean, first of all, like, WWE is not the first, like, you know, uh, wrestling group to ever sweeten a crowd. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, WCW used to do it all the time, you know, back in the late 90s. Um, you know, but there's a way to do it where it's just kind of you have like background noise and let it just kind of enhance. You know, the natural audio, you don't need to have it like, you know, just kind of like almost like, you know, like think of like an ocean or something like that actually have it boosting like the actual like natural organic sound that's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so but no, they went like full fledged, you know, like pumping in like an actual I felt like a sitcom at times. Yeah, uh, as far as the match
0: itself, you know, I did like it for the most part. There was, you know, some New Japan vibes with them, you know, copying other people's moves outside. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, I didn't get behind, like I didn't feel like it fit the storyline too much for them to use um, the pedigree and the rock
1: bottom and stuff like that. I didn't get that. I liked the pedigree. I Mm -hmm. didn't like the rock bottom. The rock bottom didn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, the pedigree least, makes sense because of, you know, Triple H and, you know, exactly. I think Edge brought up in like a promo or something like that about like, you know, Triple H, you know, kind of grooming Randy Orton from the very beginning and him having the benefit of that, you know, um to help him like his hand was being held like early mm-hmm. on, you know, where Edge didn't have that. Um, so I think I thought that was part of the storyline, but like the rock bottom just felt like out of nowhere. I was like, exactly. It's like okay, well, what I, I get? I like I like the unprettier. I like that Edge did that. Yes. So, um, you know, but yeah, no, the the I don't know the rock bottom just felt like okay, well, it's a move I can do, you know, and, and a callback <laughs> that everyone will understand. So yes. I mean, do you have another move that you think would make sense for Edge? That would have gone with. Who he is,
0: I don't know. I'm trying to think of someone else that's like been very prominent other than
1: Christian. I mean, could he could have uh, done like one of Beth Phoenix's moves. Would people even get it? Like, I don't. What's her? Oh, her, <laughs> oh, he could have done a glam slam. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, he could have done the glam slam. <laughs> I think that would have been nice. that have been like a little receipt for mm-hmm. the, the angle, you know, that they shot. You know, with especially because yeah, Orton or, and Beth uh, had an angle. Yeah, and um, it's a, it's an impactful move too. It's not like just mm-hmm. some like you know. You know, little move. So it's a it's a decent finisher.
0: Uh, I am happy that the punt is like fully back. <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, so okay, this match aside, mm-hmm. it was fine. Whatever. Uh, what did you think about the angle that they shot on Raw? Oh, with Ric Flair and Christian. Uh, Christian.
0: Um, you know i I liked it for the most part. I'm not a big Christian fan, so you know, getting Stupid. to see him get punted is you know just. <laughs> enjoyable for me i don't know how you don't like christian it's
1: so weird to me i don't know i just never have is it just because you had to listen to like people sing his theme song to you all the time no no
0: i think that's what it really has to do uh-huh. <laughs> i think that's the root of a christian
1: he's fantastic uh but no i i i don't know i just i understand they were in a bind because you know i'm sure mm. they weren't planning on edge you know being you know, injured. I mean, I'm assuming he was going to take a couple weeks off after that finish, at least. But I don't know. I mean, you know, the flair part I didn't get. Like, are you going to team Flair back with Randy here? Like, and I guess they've got that bond from, you know, evolution, and, mm-hmm. but it just felt kind of out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if we're going to get Christian in the ring. You know, if they've cleared him, uh, you know, the way they cut it, it feels like they didn't because he, you know, it feels like they obviously kind of cut away right at the kick. So, um, you know, it was such a quick edit that I felt mm-hmm. like, OK, well, he didn't really make any kind of contact. So um, because he he was he's not cleared for any kind of physicality whatsoever. At least he wasn't. So, you know, we'll see. Um, but, yeah, I, I was happy for Christian at least to get some spotlight. Yeah, you know, but yeah, it just it it, it I also like it was like the whole show, like it was the focus of the whole show. So I did enjoy, you know, Raw overall. I like the fact that everyone there had something to do. There weren't just matches happening for matches' sake. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it I don't know. It felt like they kind of like harped on it too long when I think everyone knew that there could be no satisfying conclusion. But yeah, it's just like, what do you do now? Like, if if you can't do
0: Edge, you can't do Christian, you know, who is
1: Randy Orton face? I wouldn't mind seeing yeah. him go up against, like, Aleister Black, you know, someone yeah. so, like a character like that um, and, you know, really put him over. Um, You know, he's kind of slowly been like in the background as of late. So, you know, maybe put some shine on him and, you know, get him involved with the main eventer and, you know, hopefully, you know, get a, a nice push out of it. It just depends if Vince and Pritchard are higher on him. Yeah, that's true. Who knows? Because, you know, Aleister Black was, you know, one of Heyman's favorites. So that exactly. might end up hurting him. I hope not, though. Because <laughs> he's talented. So... All
0: right, well, if you had to give this pay-per-view a grade, what would you have given it?
1: Uh, all right. So star rating-wise, we always go to yes. stars for wrestling. I will give it I'm gonna give it three and a half stars. So I was really expecting them to shit mm. the bed with this match with the you know the greatest match of all time and everything. You know, I thought it was gonna be more of a gimmick where it'd be like maybe ten minutes long and then Orton just ends up pulling out a chair and beating the <laughs> shit out of edge. <laughs> and he's like, fuck your match, I don't care. Uh-huh. Um but I was happy to see them actually try to put together a good match. And it was a good match. You know, I don't want to downplay it, you know, just because they're, they've are they just overhyped it. Um, and I think that was obviously on purpose to get people talking about it. And it worked. Um, you know, and I really enjoyed Lashley and McIntyre. So, I mean, the rest of the pay-per-view is kind of forgettable. But, like, those two matches bring it up to, like, you know, a three-and-a-half-star pay-per-view.
0: Yeah, I, honestly, it's... Sad to say, but I think Orton and Edge kind of helped save the pay per view, for the most part. I'm I'm gonna give it a three stars. I'm part of me wants to give it a little lower, just because I I don't know. It it didn't entertain me enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just keep looking at the rest of this card and just shaking my head. But you know, as 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 much as I I I wasn't a huge fan of Orton mm-hmm. versus Edge as the greatest wrestling
1: match ever. Yeah. Um. Now what if they I, took that out of the equation?
0: If they took that out of the equation... If they didn't
1: say it, like, if they didn't, like, drill that into your head and make you <laughs> nauseous with it. Like, like if this was just a match standing on its own. At least it was significantly better than the WrestleMania match. Oh, absolutely. And it was actually longer. Yes. Which is crazy. Because <laughs> that match felt like it was, like, two days long. Like, it was ridiculous. But, I mean, I don't know. This was significantly better, like you said. But I feel like... You know, them just over hyping and just literally saying the term greatest match, you know, ever over and over again, like just naturally soured a lot of people on mm-hmm. this match, which is unfortunate because I feel like if this match would have just happened, people would have been raving about it.
0: How dare they use the greatest showman song? Oh, God, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck
1: them and their song. <laughs> <laughs> That's that Hugh Jackman movie, right? Yeah. Isn't that like two years old, too?
0: Oh, yeah. It's like two or three years old at this point. I don't know why they fucking... Just because that. of the theme, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, anyway. <laughs> you're a big All fan right. of that movie? Oh, I thought it was a pretty good movie. I've I've seen it a couple times. Oh, man. You're the
1: worst. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's going to do it for this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: All right, but before we head out, make sure to head over to dramacityproductions.com where you can hear us and plenty of other great podcasts.
1: That's right. And if you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, make sure you
0: subscribe, rate, and give us a five-star review. Yeah, it definitely helps an independent podcast like us keep
1: on going. And you know what? If you like any of the stories that we talked about this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and see the full versions of these articles, plus a whole lot more. Yeah, you
0: can follow us at Amazing Nerd Show. That's your nerd hub for all things pop culture. Hey, and if
1: you're looking to further support the show, go ahead and buy some merch over at Tee Public. They have shirts, they have sweatshirts, I think they have mugs. Bumper stickers, the works, man.
0: Absolutely. And you can also head over to ProWrestlingTees.com and find our merch there as well.
1: Yeah, while you're at it, go ahead and pick up your favorite wrestler's t-shirt. All right, Damon, what are we talking about next week? All right, we should have a review for You Should Have Left, uh, the newest Kevin Bacon horror movie. Seeing him teamed up again with Stir of Echo's creator, David Cope.
0: That's right, Damon, and also Spielberg month rages on, as well as our Jaws 45th anniversary limited edition giveaway.
1: Yeah, make sure you go ahead, subscribe on your favorite platform, and DM us a screenshot, and you'll be entered to win. Alrighty, my name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's The
0: Amazing Nerd Show. That is one big pile of shit.